Welcome to the Natural Physique Podcast with your host, Chris Rendell. Please follow along as I share my journey into natural physique development, drawn from over a decade of training, competing and coaching experience, as well as insights from well-respected guests. This podcast will provide you with valuable knowledge to take your physique to the next level. So without further delay, let's get stuck into the episode. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Natural Physique Podcast. Um, It's been a while, obviously last week I was away, um, but we have got a special episode lined up today. We have Elias on the podcast. Um, Funny story, we actually were competing against each other at the PCA British Finals, um, but Elias didn't know me then that I did the podcast and I think later on you looked me up on uh, on Instagram and figured like yeah you've been listening to the podcast um but Ilyas I wanted to have him on because he's got an unbelievable physique for you know a first timer and um has serious potential in the sport and he's a natty as well which is awesome so Ilyas, would you like to give a brief introduction to yourself, um, you know, how, how you got into uh, training, competing, um, and when did you first compete this season? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so I'm from Coventry, obviously, in England. Um, how I first got into training, um, so, obviously, growing up, my whole life, I played football. That was my my sport, my only sport growing up. Um, had ambitions, obviously, to be a footballer, just like, Ninety percent of the population in England. Yeah. Um. Obviously, clearly, that never happened. And when I was about eighteen years old, I picked up. So to begin with, when I was sixteen, that's when I started going to the gym. But obviously, for the first few years, it was just more of a you go into the gym, you see what machine is available, you hop on that, couple sets, you're on to the next one, basically. So there's no like structure or routine in my uh in my program. So. When it all really changed, it was when I was 18 years old, I picked up a ACL injury. So that's your anterior cruciate ligament in my knee. Um, so because of that, I was out of football for like two years, had to have surgery. And then they kept going on about saying that the rehab is the most important thing. So you do a good rehab, you work hard, you'll come back and you'll play like how you did before. But if you don't, then you're not going to be the same player. So that was a big... Uh, that was a big motivator for me to get in the gym, really work hard, obviously, especially on the legs, because that was the uh, that was the injury point. So that was when it all started getting fairly serious when I was about 18. Um, when I was about, so I'm 26 years old now, about two to three years ago, that was when I joined my first uh, like <clears throat> bodybuilding style gym, because before then it was just like a pure gym. So it was... Uh, it wasn't the greatest environment to be in, you know, if you want to take bodybuilding to that next level. So I joined the the bodybuilding style gym in, in my hometown, Coventry. Um, and then it wasn't actually that long ago. It was early on this year, around April time. There's this one guy at the gym and he's competed before, but in classic physique in PCA. So he kept saying to me, basically, every time he see me in the gym, he was like, when are you going to hop on stage? Like, you look good, all this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I, to begin with, I was thinking like, nah, that, that's not me. Like, I've always played football. Like, I grew up playing football and a little bit of boxing and stuff like that. So, obviously, I love the gym. I love, like, bodybuilding. But getting on stage, getting the tan, that was something that I thought, nah, that, I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, every time I go to the gym, it'd be the same thing every time. When you're hopping on stage, 
you got to do it, this, that, whatever. So one day I just said to him, right, whatever, I'm going to do it, yeah. Talk to me about it. What, what, what's, the, what's the procedure behind it? So obviously he explained everything, said you need to do first time as PCA. So I signed up for it. Um, and that was for September this year, so a couple months ago. So I signed up for that back in May time. So yeah. I had four months to, to prep for that. So for the first, uh, I mean, it wasn't really much of a successful book because you can't physically put on this much muscle mass in that, in that time. But for the first three to four weeks, I just went on like a pretty dirty book, just trying to put on as much size as possible. Um, and then since then, so for the, like 16 weeks, I went on a cut. Uh, and yeah, so that's how I got into competing. And then obviously, I'm at the point now where I've now done in my first uh, first season, I've done two shows. So yeah, that that's the story of how I first got into training and then obviously how I got into competing. Yeah. And do you want to say, because you beat me and, uh, and at the PCA British finals. So it's not yeah. like you just went and did two shows. How How did you get on with those results? Because... Honestly, for a first-time competitor, that is yeah. unbelievable. Like, almost yeah, unheard so, of, you know? No, thank you, yeah. So, I think, to be honest, like, I like to thank my genetics partly for it. Like, I'm, I'm one of them, like, you know, you see some people, it doesn't take them long in the gym to gain a lot of mass quickly. Yeah. I think, for me, my genetics are, are perfect for men's physique because, like, I feel, for me, my midsection was my strongest point. And that's always yeah. been the strongest point for me so since i was 18 i've always i've always had abs even when i've bulked up <clears throat> winter periods when you when you're a bit fluffy i've still got them abs there um so i think that's a lot to thank for it it's my genetics but obviously don't get me wrong the 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 whole prep the cut was was unbelievably hard like how i split up so it was like 16 weeks until so i did like um three phases it was like four week blocks so for the first four weeks, um, I was cutting calories. So I started quite high. It was on, on about three and a half thousand calories I was cutting on, which yeah. to some people, that's like bulking calories. So that's what I began doing for the first four weeks. And then the from week four to week eight, it then cut down to, I think it was two and a half thousand calories. And then for the final four weeks, um, well, for the, for the final three weeks, not prep, not uh not uh what do you call it the week leading up to the show yeah uh for the for the three weeks prior to that it was about two thousand calories and then yeah so peak week uh i dropped it down to 1600 calories um <clears throat> i did i did cardio a lot so i did cardio every every day i went to the gym i did cardio so i go to the gym five days a week and the only cardio i did was 20 minutes after each session on the stairmaster yeah um so, so that that's what I mean when I when I say like I thank partly genetics for it because I hear a lot of people saying that you do sixty minutes cardio a day. Um, obviously I didn't have to do that, and then I got in in good condition. So, yeah. I guess that's that's why I was quite successful in my first in my first season because I, I think I was just kind of I don't know blessed to be in this sort of category if that makes sense. Yeah, I think. I think um, you you kind of figure this out as um, you compete. Like some people have the propensity to to get really lean without needing to do much. Um, mm. 
for me, I have to do a lot. Like I'll have to do a lot of cardio. I'll have to pull calories down fairly aggressively um, to, to bring a sort of level leanness. But for someone like yourself, you're kind of made for the sport almost in, in some ways, but that doesn't take away from how hard you work as well. And um, because you combine that with your hard work and you can yeah, see what the results this, are this, like as well. That's the thing. Yeah. So like, cause if, if it, if you go by the, the theory that it's just genetics and I mean, right now I'm four weeks uh, post the, the final show and I've put on like eight kilos since then. So it's not all about genetics. It is, what you consume and and your expenditure so if you're training you're doing more cardio you're cutting carbs you're cutting calories of course you're going to cut weight but right now what i'm doing is i've cut cardio completely (laughs) yeah um up my calories like double so i've put on eight kilos in four weeks so it it, it, it's not all about genetics It's, it's it's still a very small factor yeah it's just that i think that helped me in terms of the 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 midsection dominance yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think um from what I could see as well, like you've just got really nice shape and structure and you placed fourth at the British finals, um, which was yeah, I mean, incredible. You brought a really, really good package there. Um what what was the first show you did? The first timer show, how did the you get on there? But first timers in Birmingham. It yeah. was on the twenty fourth of September. So it was three weeks yeah. prior to the to the final show. And um, yeah, that one was uh, that one was different to the to the finals in many ways. Like, because obviously that's your first show, so you don't know what to to uh, expect at all. Nerves must have been high, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, when when you're doing the whole pump up, I mean, even even the first tan, you know, when you go for the tan the first time, you just see all these guys like completely naked. And you're just like you you think in your head like, what what is this? Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but when I when I really know like when I really noticed um the nerves kicking in, it was when we were doing the pump up, you know, to go out on, on stage. And I was seeing some of them like the, the size on them and now I was thinking like because I'm I'm not really that big in terms of mass. It was just more the the conditioning that was on my side. So when I seen like I wasn't I, to be honest, I think I was one of the smallest people there. And I thought like well, I don't know, because it was a non-tested competition. I didn't have too much expectation on myself. I didn't put pressure on myself like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I'm guessing like yourself, <clears throat> if you're doing this sort of stuff, you've got that super competitive side to you. So you want to always be the number one, you know? Yeah. So that was when the nerves started kicking in. I was thinking, oh, no. But then when you go out on stage, you start posing. And then... Yeah, you see people, you, 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 your family, your friends watching you, and you think, you know what, I've worked hard for this. Just enjoy the moment, sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. I'm, I'm trying to think back. The first time I competed, 2019, and I was felt exactly like you did. Like, what the hell am I into? Like, getting into this is it completely opened my my eyes. This is a different world. And then you're you're super nervous before you go on and you're looking around. The hard thing is backstage is you can't see you. You just see other people. So everyone else looks massive. <laughs> I did I did that PCA show it was first time of competing in an untested fed. And I was looking around at, at the qualifier and I was like, everyone's huge here. Like I feel small. Realistically, though, I was actually kind of similar size to a lot of the guys there. Um, and then 
um, you go on and you just have to to give it your all and enjoy the moment, you know. Um, and yeah, and and obviously you did really really well, which is which is so cool to to see. How was your experience with the PCA? Did you enjoy competing with them? Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I don't know what other shows are like, but yeah, I mean, especially the British finals. It was like it was just spectacular. You know what I mean? It was like it was. the fact that it it was a big expedition. You had loads of loads of um, stalls there with like protein clothing brands pre-workout like whatever it was just it felt like it felt right you know it felt like this was the british finals like this is a a special event yeah um the first event yeah it was it was really good as well like like you say when i uh when i listened to your your podcast about the recap of the finals like the fact that pca didn't really mess up at all like with the tanning everything was clear um timings were, were were fine yeah, I had I had no issues yeah. other than you for timing. Uh, you had an issue. Yeah, I had I had a bit <laughs> of an issue there, um, which was a bit annoying. It was partly my fault, to be fair. Like, um, <laughs> I thought I was in the tall class, so um, you know, I was taking my time. I was walking to the venue, got a call from someone, which really stressed me out, uh, and then got there, and then I thought I was still in the medium class at that point, and then someone came up to me and was like. Sorry, I thought I was still in the tall class. Someone came up to me and was like, yeah, you're in the medium. You need to pump up now. So a little bit of stress. Maybe had a yeah. little effect, but I don't want to blame that. Like, uh, yeah. you know, the the better physiques won on the day. And that's that's it with uh, physique sports. Like, you know, sometimes it's just not your day and you, you do enough shows. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's a huge sort of variance and loads of variability that comes into it. But um yeah, I mean, um, how did you find doing your prep? Because you coach yourself. How how did you find that like process? And how did you like learn about all this as well? Did you know about sort of like structuring a prep before you kind of got into it all? Um. So, yeah. So to to begin begin with the prep, obviously having no coach. So to begin with, um. So as I mentioned, I had someone at the gym telling me who who's also competed in the past. He was telling me to, to do the show over and over again. Yeah. So to begin with, for the first few weeks, I was getting some advice from him. Um, you know, what, what sort of macros to work towards. This was, sorry, this was at the start of the, when I began cutting. Yeah. Um, so I got, uh, initially I got a lot of my, how do I say it? Like, um, I, I got like a, my head start from him, let's say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, he put all my macros together, said roughly like, you know, how much water I should be drinking, like six litres a day. Towards the end of the cut, we pushed that to like eight litres a day. Um, but that was about it from 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 coach side of things. And obviously a posing coach as well, because I had no idea how to how to pose. And when I first posed, it was it was pretty ugly to look at. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, it was just it was completely off. Like I couldn't even balance myself properly. You find that you get out of breath. So Again, it's it's another one of those things that it's you you've got to keep working on. Like that's not come from genetics. That is purely just a skill. Like it's something you have to learn. So yeah, so to the actual prep itself, um, the structure remained the same the entire prep in terms of training and like daily routine. So it's just I go to work every day, eight to four. After work, I went straight to the gym. Um, I was in the gym for about let's say an hour and a an hour and twenty minutes. And one hour doing weights and then 20 minutes doing the uh, cardio. After that, it would be you go home, practice posing for like 15 minutes. And then 
next day comes and it's repeat. The next day comes yeah. and it repeats. So it's just it was just that for the for the entire sixteen weeks in terms of the day to day stuff. The only thing that changed other than that was just the the dropping of calories every other week. Yeah. Um, how I know what I know about nutrition and training is just I think it's just um years of of being at this sort of you know having having this hobby basically. Um, yeah. I listen. I I've what for years I've listened to a lot of like YouTubers. Um, you know, and obviously even though it's YouTube, so it's not like you don't know if it's right or wrong. I listen to many, many different people and like obviously you learn from different people, you take what's good, you take you ignore what's bad. And over the years you just become educated about that particular topic. So that's basically where I got all my my knowledge from. I mean, I've got a level three personal training qualification as well. Yeah. Um but by the time I started that, that was more just to get the 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 qualification, get the certificate. Before that, I, I knew what I knew today. So today, so passing that course was pretty easy. It wasn't like anything challenging. Um, but yeah, that that's that's how I I coached myself. I guess it was just more of a just go go with what I know rather than than paying yeah. for for a coach. Basically, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think in some ways that can be the best way because in some ways it's handy having a coach because they can be the second eye when emotions are high, especially if you're doing maybe a long season like myself where I did six shows. But, you know, if you're doing two shows, um, sometimes the best way is yourself because you kind of know your own body. And as you say, you've got a lot of experience and knowledge anyway leading up to prep. So um, I think the one thing that I guess I'm not sure uh, or I'm not sure if you got any help on was the peak week. Did you do anything yeah. drastically different for peak week? Because that in so itself what, can what be I a little did, different. Yeah. So what what I did for peak week. So um, again, a lot of this was I was learning whilst I was doing it as well. So like I was yeah. I was looking at YouTubers and looking at like their peak weeks, for example, what they do. Um. So one thing I I did was I, I definitely had my water at eight liters a day. So I think I started mm. that. I, I can't remember if I started that on peak week or the week before. But yeah, definitely that it was eight liters of water a day. I dropped my sodium. I did but the thing is I never actually measured how much salt I put on meals or sauce or anything like that. I just it sounds pretty rocky, but I just eyeballed everything. Yeah. Um, you know you know who I, eyeballs everything? Ryan Terry. Oh, he, I don't think he maybe not with well, with some things I know with his training and stuff, because I was listening yeah. to his podcast. Yeah, Mr. Olympia, like you know, yeah, (laughs) that's the that's the thing. Like, because I was putting up stories of my meals during uh, peak week and I was having like sauce on that, and like people popping up to me, like, like, couldn't believe it that I had sauce, like, you know, on my food on peak week. Like, they were saying that's a big red flag in that, but like, like you say, I I know, I don't know if it sounds like, I don't know, I don't know if it sounds like whatever, but I I just, I, I know my body, so like, I know having. A little bit of sauce, like it's not even barbecue sauce. It's just like it's like hot pepper sauce. It's literally just crushed chilies and like peppers. Yeah, I I did the same to be honest with you. Like the thing is, people think like peak week's a magical week and it's going to change everything. If you're shredded and you've been doing that the whole prep, you've been keeping in your sauce. Why would you like change anything in that last? Yeah, week, you know. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, but yeah, other than that, it was so yeah. Dropped the sodium a bit, um, eight liters of water a day, and then mainly it was just practicing posing on peak yeah. week. 
because yeah. training at peak week going to the gym it was useless like mm. I literally went in there and like the weights I was pushing was ridiculous it was like I was like 16 again yeah yeah like there was just no energy in that. and I was I was thinking at that point like have I have I gone too far with the cut like because you still want to be pushing decent weights but like like I said the weights I was pushing was ridiculous I might as well not have been there so I took that time to just forget about training because I knew not much was going to change in terms of the uh, physique as long as I had my diet in check, it was just more, just polish off the 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 posing from this point onwards. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's sensible. And um, did you do a carb up at all before the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for my first show, I did a carb. I started the day before, and then obviously the morning of the the show day, I did a carb up as well. Yeah. And then for the for the British finals, I did it two days prior to show day. Just to experiment. So yeah, this, yeah. This, this is what I mean. It was like it, nothing was ever like, you know, if if a coach was to hear this, they'd probably be thinking like this. It's so spontaneous and, and pretty risky to do this sort of things. Like, you know, like trial new things on Pete Week. But yeah, I, I, I just, I did what I thought was was right. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, uh, and then probably in the had end, no expectations as well. Like that's the yeah, thing, that, right? That, it's your first season. Yeah, I mean, even though you give it your all, realistically yeah like i i just kept i had it in my head like i'm in an untested competition so like really the pressure's on them yeah 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 that's what i kept telling myself in my head yeah yeah so i i knew like i i, I gave everything for the for the 16 weeks like even when we was on holiday it was my foot my first all-inclusive holiday ever i'm there with my girlfriend she's eating whatever she wants but i'm there like getting the blue tuna the chicken breast you yeah. know, I was thinking at times like that, like, you know, I've put in the work. So if I didn't put in the work, then yeah, the pressure would have been on because I'm like, I could have done better. Yeah, yeah. But because I knew I, because I knew I put in the work for the 16 weeks and you know that you're at an automatic disadvantage because you, you're, you're clean, the way I see it, yeah, the pressure was on them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good man, uh, good attitude to kind of... That's what I, that's what I think it comes down to a lot is, is your attitude, especially with something like bodybuilding, men's physique, because um, you're on stage, you're putting on a show, so you've got to yeah. be, you've got to have that confidence, and if you take the pressure off yourself, you're going to be more confident. But obviously, we don't want to be cocky about it. it, it but yeah, it, yeah, com- confidence is what you want. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're completely right there. Absolutely. Um, did having said that, being confident on stage, did you experience any moments of self doubt during the prep at all? Um, and and how how did you kind of overcome that to to bring that confident package on the stage? Yeah, so no, I, I didn't really have any self doubt. Um, like I said, it was just the the whole time I was just telling myself like I'm I'm going up against a bunch of people here who are going to be n- not natural. So yeah, th- there was no there was no self doubt. Um, Obviously, the only time I felt pressured a little bit was was like I said, it was during the the um the pump up for the for the first show yeah. when I seen the size of some of the geezers in there. It was just like, oof. right, okay, I've got I've got to do my my pose real good on stage now, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was it wasn't anything to do with 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 me myself. It was more how the prep made you feel, like your relationship with other people, your general moods, um training going downhill like because because there's no energy in my system 
they were more the struggles I had during the, the diet. There was no, uh, during the prep, sorry, there was no like self-doubt in terms of how am I actually going to perform on the day. Yeah. Because I, I knew if I stick to my plan, I'm going to do well. It was more, like I said, it's the other factors, like your relationship with other people, et cetera. Yeah, that, that, that is a tricky one. Um, Obviously, I've put some episodes out on kind of navigating those certain relationships and social aspects during a prep, but it can be hard. It can have a toll in relationships. And I think, you know, you you probably know with your missus, like afterwards, you probably put gave more time back to her and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was difficult. I mean, for the first, um, so it was, it was about September time when I, when I really felt like it, this is hard now. So I yeah. started my, my cook, um, the start of June. So it would have been June, July, August would have been fine because you're still cutting on like, you know, decent amount of carbs. You've got a decent amount of calories. So you're feeling okay. You've got glycogen stores, your training's good. But yeah, for the final three weeks, you know, when you're completely depleted, you're you're basically in survival mode. That was when, yeah, my, my relationships with people just started to to fade. It wasn't it wasn't so much that I was acting like not nice to be around. It was more the fact that I just wasn't because I'm quite an outgoing person in general. Yeah. So it was very noticeable to those people close to me. Like you know, I just wasn't talking really. Um. I had my head down I was just slouching all the time just like you know just you're like a zombie yeah yeah so it just like I say for me being that sort of outgoing extrovert person it was a big like yeah this is hard you know yeah you gotta have a strong mentality to 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 battle that yeah absolutely, absolutely. And, that, and that's why I think it's important to to not on top of that if you add self-doubt, it's going to crush you. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's when that's when you've either got to control one or the other. So like for me, the the how I felt, I couldn't really control that because it is what it is. It, it, this is what comes with cutting on these ridiculously low calories. So the only thing I can control is putting pressure on myself. Yeah. For me personally, that is. So that's when, you know, you, you start telling yourself like, you know, you got this, you, you're natty. They're not natty. You've worked hard for this. Look in the mirror. Look at your abs. It's it sounds like whatever, but that they're the things that are going to make you um, work through these difficult times. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've shared that today. Um, I've I've just finished a, a YouTube vlog just summarizing the season. But one of the biggest lessons takeaways is it's not necessarily the physical side of things that's difficult. The ment- People will crumble mentally before anything. Yeah. I've seen it happen to to quite a few people, you know, just yeah. crumbling. Um, uh, and, you know, you can't, you, you have to be, you have to be careful with that as well. And obviously you have to check in with yourself and make sure that, you know, that this is right for you to be doing this and it isn't having too much of a toll on your mental health. But um, knowing it is just for a short period of time, um, I think you're quite right. Just focusing on what you can control as well, like, um, and then, yeah. and then after prep, you know, you can get back to the sort of, uh, or you have more energy to get back to your relationships and making them strong, etc. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Do you because you did so well on the PCA shows? I would love to see you in a natty fed like UKFBA 
or um, WMBF, do you have plans to maybe compete with uh, Tested Fed next year? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so um, originally I thought PCA was a tested competition. Yeah. Um, that, that's why I entered it. But then I, I found out like four weeks after I entered it that it was, it was not tested. So that's when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I've got to go even harder with this cut, basically. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So for future plans, yeah, hundred percent. I want to do the UK DFBA. That that's the one I want to do. Yeah. Um. Because that that's the one my posing coach does. Um. And he was the one who actually said to me when I first went to him for posing. He said, "Why are you doing PCA?" And that's when I found out it was a non-tested competition. Ah, uh, yeah. So he he recommended. He, so, what was that sorry 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 uh, for interrupting uh, who's your um posing coach of interest oh so his name's bobby um bobby fotheringham yeah 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 i competed against bobby in 2021 at the oh, really? fba british finals yeah he's i think he's like a pmba pro yeah yeah he competed uh like last week or the week before in romania yeah that's right international yeah. i think he came second yeah, yeah. I but yeah, I, his I didn't physique fall, is ridiculous. But... Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Eh? <laughs> it's ridiculous, like. Yeah. If you look, so we we I competed back in uh 2021. It was the UK British finals. I came third. Uh, I don't know if you know Josh Progan. No, nah, I don't go and follow him on uh Instagram. He's big natty. Um oh he's quite big in the natty scene. He's he's a WMBF pro. He went and did the Summer shredding class, you know Christian Guzman's show. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. won. He won his height class there, and I think he came second at the overall. Um, very good well, men's yeah. competitor. But it was me third, Josh second, and then Bobby won the British finals that year. And oh, wow. Bobby's got an unbelievable physique as well. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you got posing sessions off him. That's right. Yeah. So I I seen him. Uh, how many times I see him? I think I seen him. So before the first show, I went to him about three or four times. Yeah. So it's just an hour each session, and then between the first show and the second show, so that was like a three week gap. I seen him twice during that period. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was quite a big. It was quite quite a big gap from the first time I seen him to the second time I seen him. It was um. It was about eight weeks. So yeah. when I first seen him, that was like when I was peak bulk. Because he, he told me, start cutting now. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought like, because like I said earlier, um, I've always been like genetically gifted with having like solid abs. So I thought like, uh, you know, I'll be all right. I'll just cut for like six to eight weeks. Mm. But then he said, no, you start now. Yeah. And, he, and I seen it in his eyes. I thought, okay, I'm going to start now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah. So yeah, he, he was also like a good... Uh, someone good to go to you know just for for whatever advice um whatever advice i needed basically it would help me out with but yeah no he's he, great coach great coach and a great person as well he is yeah absolutely and um yeah i guess he suggested like do do the uk dfb or at some point yeah yeah yes yeah, so, yeah going back to that sorry yeah he he suggested doing that and then um because i spoke to him about going forward like um whether i compete next year or the or the year after and he said like Whichever one it is, you definitely go for that event, the UK, the FBA. You do, you're going to do very well in that federation just by your look. I know what the UK, the FBA are looking for, and they're looking for a good shape, which you have, and like shredded, solid abs. 
So I think you'd do really well there. Like you'd play yeah. really highly. WMBF, I think you'd do well well there too, to be honest with you. Um, they seem to be, because I competed with them recently, One, they're failing bigger guys now, it seems, in men's physique class. Um, right. Or at least in Germany, like some of the guys are big. Um, but that doesn't mean anything if you've not got the full package. So like there's yeah, guys yeah, there yeah. that didn't place that well because they don't have the full package and not shredded. And I yeah. do think an element in natural bodybuilding is if you come in shredded, diced, got a good mid midsection like you, you're regardless of where you compete, you're gonna do very well. So yeah. It'd be exciting to see you in some of some of the ninety feds and see like yeah, no, thank how you, you do, yeah, man. Yeah. Just don't compete when I compete. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but yeah uh, awesome um uh so i was going to ask as well because obviously this first time competing for you do you have any tips off the back of that season to to give to guys who are competing for the first time yeah so um i mean obviously i, I think i think everyone knows this but it's just staying consistent with whatever routine you've got it's just staying consistent to that so you know there's 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 going to be times when you feel like you're not looking great you want to change something up but you've got to stick to whatever that plan was so whether you, your coach has got a plan for you whether you've done it yourself just stick to it um so i i knew that if i have my uh, 16 week plan cut up into like three three blocks of four weeks or like four blocks of four weeks sorry um i knew that would work for me rather than like every day looking at my physique thinking ah. Oh, I'm going to cut today or I'm going to cut tomorrow. I'd rather have a planned structure. So yeah. just fall into whatever routine you've got. Um, and that's with everything. So that's with the training, with the dieting, with your water. You, I, I think water is definitely an underrated one. Not for people who are established in the bodybuilding world, but, you know, for the everyday people, for for, for people who do first-timers probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, water is ridiculously important. So, like... As I said, I was drinking eight liters of water, you know, on peak week and the and and the week prior to that. Um, but then other than that, for the whole entire sixteen weeks, it was minimum six liters a day of water. Yeah, I was so, the same. Um you you need to drink a, a lot if you're an athlete, you're doing yeah. that kind of hard training, um, that amount of, you know, energy expenditure if you do work that up and then when you're on low calories you need water just to curb the hunger as well <laughs> oh yeah no yeah yeah honestly honestly you do yeah yeah and i found that um one big thing that helped a lot in the deeper stages of the cut was squash yeah yeah man yeah so like you know just robinson's orange squash or mix it up and get obviously tried well don't try you you have to get the the non-added sugar to one <laughs> yeah you yeah. can't you can't get like vimto with added sugar that's that's a big no no but the yeah, just get no, no added sugar uh, squash. And yeah, that just makes everything so much easier. Like you actually enjoy drinking then. It's not just playing water every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, other other tips for, for men's physique competitors. Um, I'd say, what well, I'd say this is probably the most important for me anyway. It was be prepared for sporadic bad days. Yeah. So like... So, like, there's going to be days when you're going to feel good. And then there's going to be days when you're going to feel terrible. So, it's just it's just knowing how to... Like, so this, this helped me a lot, you know, during my second show. Because I already experienced the bad days leading up to the first show. 
I knew how to like deal with them days and like I knew that okay, even though I feel like whatever today, tomorrow I should feel good because I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna rest good tonight, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's just it's just you have you have to be self aware on your bad days, you know, especially like I said with me, you know, relationship with people, I've got to be self aware, like, okay, I've got I'm having a bad day. There's no need to to be moody with them. Just try to be good with with those around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. So I'd say I'd say that's that's the biggest one. But that's when you get to the for me. That was when you get to the uh, the deep stage of the cut. Yeah, definitely. I hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that comes with like the more you do it, more experience as well, right? You just kind of get used to what that feels like and how to deal with it. Um, and when the first time you compete, like when you first start getting those bad days, you're like, oh, what's this? I've never felt like this before. Mm. Your mind just doesn't know how to like, or you you just don't know how to process it as well. And then as you have, have repeat bad days or days where you feel pretty, pretty beaten up, you you get used to it more. And you're just like, you kind of embrace it. You're like, ah, this is a day I feel terrible that I, it means that a change is going to be made to my physique the next day. Yeah, yeah. I might wake of, up yeah. with a, a new low on the scale. I might wake up with some more shreds. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that's, like that, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely the, the biggest thing, I think. It, it's, well, from what I heard, I think I think I heard it on your podcast as well. It's like, the worse you feel, the better you look. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Eh? <laughs> and then, like I said, on, on those days when you're feeling terrible, when you went well for me anyway, I was weighing myself pretty much every day, first thing in the morning, fasting. Um, what I tended to find was honestly those days where you felt terrible. The next day you would wake up and you'd lose weight. Yeah, yeah. And obviously that was what you want. Not not just like a ridiculous amount. Like you you losing weight according to to what your plan your, your goals are. Um, so yeah, it's when when you see that weight loss the day after you've had a bad day it makes that day a good day you Absolutely, know yeah yeah and then before you know it show day comes and you feel amazing because you've carved up yeah you, you feel you're feeling good and then it's all about then trying to be good in your mind as well you've got the confidence to do it and then it's all over like you say it's a temporary it's a it's it's a very demanding sport but it's temporary absolutely yeah and and you know uh, that success comes with being uncomfortable. It makes the whole thing worth it at the end of the it day. Does. When you look back and you think, actually, I managed to push through those hard days. Like I've done, yeah, something. Yeah, I've yeah. done something which not a lot of people can would do. Like, yeah, it makes it more you know, fulfilling for sure. Because plenty of people pull out prep because it's that challenging, and you know it is super demanding, but um, it's very rewarding at the same time. It shows you kind of. Um, how strong you are as a person and your resilience I think that's what I get out of doing a prep anyway yeah yeah no for sure 100% that's awesome do you have any any big role models in the industry or anyone you look up to and would like inspire to be um so in recent years obviously that's when I've taken bodybuilding training to the next level um as I said I, I watch a lot of like youtubers but they're not really role models. They're just people who have the same hobbies as me, I guess, and they, they just yeah. upload videos. And I like I like their personality as well. So it's not that they're role models, but in terms of someone who 
I don't want to look like because he's too big. <laughs> yeah. But his whole mindset about training, his philosophy about it, um, his ideas about it. So, uh, you know, Dorian Yates. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so how, how I've seen him train and how he trains people, it's, it makes sense. Like what he says about like, uh, so like muscle hypertrophy, training for that, like training for mass. It makes sense. Like how he explains it and how he trains. So, you know, he says like, um, obviously so he was Mr. Olympia for years alongside Ronnie Coleman, which is yeah. like the hardest, hardest era to ever do bodybuilding. Um, and yeah, so his, his philosophy about training was about um, intensity rather than like loads of volume. And he said, if it was about volume, he would be in the gym like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours a day. It didn't, it didn't matter how long he, he would get it done. You know, if it was about volume. So what he, the message he was pushing for is that it was about intensity. So like, you know, going to failure, making sure it's not just the, uh, the positive part of the movement, but it's the squeeze and it's, it's the negative. It's three parts to the exercise. So, I don't know. I, I was kind of like inspired by that. Like someone like him explained it in such a simple way. Like it's not complicated at all. Like I think, I think the gym and the whole fitness world in general. I think people love to overcomplicate it so much. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it. It's. It's so. It's, it's so weird how something so simple because it. A lot of it's to do with like just just how the body functions so like a, a muscle literally moves a joint that's all it does it just yeah. moves a joint so like if you're doing bicep course for example it's just the elbow joint that's moving nothing else moves at that point yeah so it's it's kind of like when he talks when he talks like that and he says it in a better like more articulate way um it just makes sense it sinks in you know yeah, I, I like Dorian a lot. Um, I have my, a huge amount of respect for like his training style and the fact like when he won the Olympia, he just kind of got knuckled down. He wasn't, you know, in the scene in America. He was back in Britain just training hard, you know, yeah. blood and guts. I don't know if you've seen the documentary at all, but uh, yeah, I have, I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, that's that's my that's the way I like to train as well. When when you said earlier on, I, I get to the gym doing an hour and twenty minutes. I'm like, ah, this is a guy who trains with with high intensity. And um, I mean, to be fair, the hour and twenty minutes that that's actually a bit too much. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dorian only did I think what like forty minutes sessions. Yeah, he said like he that? trained forty. He said he trained forty minutes, and he yeah. I think he only trained like three days a week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I don't like, think that's exaggerated, every, but like I, I, I think it's probably true. Like, I mean, you look at how hard the man trains. If you did a session with him, it's is another level beyond probably. Yeah, this, 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 is, this is what I mean about 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 going to failure. Like, um, like let's say, yeah, like on the bench press, for example, it's not just about the push. Like, you see a lot of people they 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 rack it after the. They get to the push. They've done like five reps and rep six. That's when it like they've got stuck, you know, on the push. But they've yeah. still got more energy on the negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe they can only get five reps in the push. But in reality, if they've got someone spotting them, do the five reps, and then when you can't do any more, I'm going to help you up, and then it's just going to be for you to control on the way down. We're going to do that for three more reps. When you go to failure on that, that's when you've gone to failure. Absolutely. And there's no and there's no need to to do any more past this point because all all you're doing is is really um tapping into like your nervous system and all that it's not really training your muscle anymore because it's already gone to failure yeah so i think fatigue. yeah 
Yeah, so I think how how he explains it, especially how he explains it to natural lifters, it's like your body cannot cope with it needs rest, basically. It can't cope with just constantly being battered in the same once you batter it once, that's it. Let it rest, it's gonna grow back bigger. And then we batter it again and repeat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, I think a lot of it when people are trying to promote you need to train in this way, you need to do that, you need to do this amount of volume, you need to do these exercises. It's all marketing. It's just marketing. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's one of my biggest gripes about the fitness industry. Uh, and really, it doesn't matter too much what you do. It's like what you can recover from, how hard you can train. And, and that's, you know, the guys who are going up and winning shows or looking big and shredded, they're guys who train very hard. And that's, yeah. that's the key component. Yeah. It's like train when, hard. When people, say, when people say shock your muscles, like, you know, like, you got to do a different exercise this week to shock your muscle. Like that's yeah, all. Yeah. It's not. It's not like that at all. Shocking your muscles is going to failure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's as simple as that. Like if you've gone to failure one week and then you've gone to failure the next week, but it's on the same exercise, you still the, the muscle's still being shocked because it's a, it's a new stimulus. Like you, if if you put two point five kilos heavy on that same machine or, or bench press, let's say. It, it, it's still shocking the muscle it's, it doesn't have to be like how people think it's like oh you've got to do a different exercise or this week you're going to do 15 reps instead of 10 reps or yeah as long, fact, as long as you go to, if you go to fail on five reps versus if you go to fail on 15 reps it's i don't know the science behind it but to me and how my body works it, i think it's it's not that much difference you know and it's the thing not is difference as you said, like people are changing because I mean, I've had clients um, who've, you know, someone else has spoken to them and said, ah, I don't think you should be doing that. I think you should be doing this exercise instead. And maybe that week they switch it. I'm like, that's a week you haven't progressed with the exercise we've set. And really, you can't gauge the progression then if you're constantly switching it. And that's a big yeah. problem. Big problem yeah. I see with people struggling to progress is they just switch things up too much. I um, think, yeah, unlike compound movements, I think you want to try and stick to the same compound movements every week for however long you plan it. So whether it's six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Yeah. Maybe the only thing, I, the only thing I, I do and it's not because I think it's more efficient. I just think it's just good to keep the gym exciting. Is I like to switch up like um, my isolation training. So like you know, if I'm doing yeah. bicep curls, for example, one week I'll do um, bicep curls with dumbbells, versus the next week I'll do bicep curls with cables, or yeah, yeah. or like a preacher curl or or something like that. So I'll just mix up my isolations at like weekly. But in yeah. terms of the compounds, yeah, they they always remain the same too. As yeah. you know, you've got you've got your standards like the squat, the the bench press, pull ups, rows. Yeah. Try to keep them the same for 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 a period of time, six weeks or something. Yeah, absolutely. And then when they get stale, rotate them out. But that, as you say, they're like right, your compounds. If they're progressing, that's a good indication that things are moving up. Rotate your rotate your accessories that you're not going to be able to lift. Like there's not many as many muscle groups acting in that one. Absolutely fine. And yeah. your compounds are a good indication if you're tracking and logging them. I certainly like during a prep, 
um i'll keep a log of just my compounds to like towards the end like right at the beginning i might keep a track of things like my accessory movements that i'm doing but then towards the end i'm just like as long as i'm maintaining my compounds and trying to keep my strength there yeah i know i'm, I know I'm not losing too much muscle um, there, there, the exercise is going to build your physique for sure absolutely yeah absolutely it's just it's just like uh it's just like polishing your car is the is the isolation stuff yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah i think i think for yeah i think for like first time or people who are really starting off and trying to build a physique it's like yeah don't get too caught up with the intricacies with isolation stuff just yeah focus on your your bread and butter movements like your complex yeah. stuff you know um but yeah that's awesome it's been um it's been, it's been awesome having you on man like honestly and obviously um if you're up in glasgow or if i'm down in coventry we definitely need to get a, a session in at some point as well glasgow sounds a lot better than coventry for sure yeah <laughs> although we've to... got we've got some good gyms down here we, we, you've we got, have, we've, got you've... we've got some quality gyms in it in cov we have you guys have got way better gyms like that's one thing i've noted from the season because i've been down to england so much this season is how much better like how much well off you guys are with gyms because in scotland we have absolutely nothing like we've got a small handful of good gyms like glasgow really? glasgow's like a big city and there's really when i moved to glasgow like moving up edinburgh which has like next to no gyms i was like ah oh, great i'm in glasgow there's going to be plenty of great gyms and really there's not a lot around me no that's quite surprising um, i thought it'd be i thought it'd be similar to england like nah not at all we don't we don't have the lights of like the big ones you know um so i didn't really i when i went down to england i didn't realize ultraflex was like a a big sort of franchise and they had loads of gyms all over the place um because i was down uh for a client show in uh oh i can't remember bradford and they had an ultra right. there and i was like oh i didn't realize there was one here and they've got them all over and then obviously getting the tan at different places with pca shows it's like, yeah this is, this is a sick gym this is a good that gym, gym that gym you know the gym i, I seen you at it, the foundry gym you know in, in telford obviously yeah 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 that looked like a really good gym yeah it was sick it was really... I, lo I love the i love the fact that you know it had flags around the world yeah 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 it, like you know because that that's what you tend to find like you know like mixed martial arts gyms yeah yeah so like to see it in like uh like a bodybuilding gym it was like it was really cool like it was yeah that yeah, gym, I, that that gym was sick, I definitely want to go train there one day yeah, that that was a really sick gym. Like that's it. I was there and I was like, "How have uh, you know? You guys have got so many cool it's gyms not in, in Scotland. <laughs> not really. No, there's a there's a handful. There's some good gyms. But yeah, yeah. There's not many of them. Um. So like, if you ever came up to Glasgow, we would maybe have to travel a little bit further. Like, if you were to stay in Glasgow, we would just like drive somewhere a bit further to get to a decent gym. Because I know I know a few good ones, but they're just a bit of a drive away, like half an hour. So, so where where do you, where do you do most of your training? Is it is it a gym local to you, or is it a drive? -away? Yeah. So I don't want to say too much, but I train um at a place that's quite big in Glasgow, like the yeah. But the they've got they've got two in glasgow and one in livingston which isn't too far away from me it looks good on the surface like preface like they've got loads of kit but all the kit is like replica kit which breaks all the time and doesn't yeah have right it's like 
resistance profiles like some kits feel good some bits of kit feels good others just doesn't feel very good at all so yeah. it's just yeah it kind of looks good but not it's not really um yeah. and it doesn't even have a water them. fountain in the gym man like if you want to get water you have to go into the bathroom and fill it out of the the tap which isn't good for like such a big gym like that but um to be fair that that's that's my gym is that <laughs> right fair yeah, enough yeah, i mean that's my gym as well yeah spitting sawdust gym but yeah i mean um <laughs> I, I most of my training like i did there but then towards the end there's a jd gyms up the road from me and i did a lot of stuff in there just because it's a jd gyms it's got commercialized equipment but it was some of that kit was better than the gym i was you know the bottles yeah like bodybuilding gym i was training at so um yeah it's a bit of a bit of hit and miss i guess in scotland with <laughs> where you yeah. train um but yeah, I mean, when you if you come up, Glasgow's a cool city. Other than that, like, you definitely should come up. Yeah, um, we'll get something something booked. But I like to finish the podcast on this question. Um, you probably heard it before because you've you've listened to episodes. Um, but <laughs> what are some of your biggest life lessons so far from from bodybuilding? Um, so definitely the biggest one. 100% for me is what you put in is what you get out yeah and and I think it teaches you a lot about life in general you know it's there's no like you know you take shortcuts in life and there may be consequences to that for whatever thing it comes for I think it corresponds in bodybuilding you know you take shortcuts so like if you take steroids for example um there's potential side effects that come with that yeah you know the the harder you train the the better you look the harder you diet, the better you look. It, yeah, it just it all, all all corresponds with real life, real life stuff. So whether it's your work, whether it's relationships with people, um, yeah, the more the more you invest into it, and the more you make it your 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 passion, is the more you get out of it for sure. Absolutely, I hugely resonate with that. Um, just with what I've learned from bodybuilding and how I apply it to my business, and yeah, it's just taught me a lot and like that what it, you... do, it does help with business a lot as well because i think like you know when you start um investing yourself in it you start planning your own routines you start you plan your diet um and because you you because you're doing that every week you kind of get in the rhythm of planning different things so you just become more organized in general you know yeah absolutely so this this is what i mean about how you learn so many life lessons from from bodybuilding which is it's it's great it's great absolutely oh yes it's been an absolute pleasure having you on man um, yeah no, it's, it's, great. it's been good to be on thank um, you for having me. yeah no you're welcome man where can the listeners go and follow you um well i'm only on instagram at the minute so it's badder gyms um yeah pretty small account it's it's pretty new i, I made it um at the start of september um just to show like my whole prep and, and the aftermath has just been a lot of food being published on there to be honest yeah yeah, <laughs> I, yeah i've seen the protein show, yeah. bar reviews that, that yeah, is yeah yeah that's, that's what I mean, mate. it's just at the minute i'm just i'm just loving food too much yeah i'm quite right you know quite even right. do a protein bar review shows now <laughs> yeah man. but honestly uh listeners i mean I mean, this podcast isn't huge, but it is gaining momentum. I think we're we're definitely over about two thousand listeners. So, for for all of you guys, go and give Ilyas a, a follow over on Instagram. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Um, thanks again, guys, for, for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.